we were at a wedding. It was at a wedding, and I'll never forget it. it, it I got like 10,000 people watched it in a day. I was like, what? What's going on? Then I'm seeing all these negative reviews like, oh, this is stupid. This is whack. This sucks. And I was like, yo, keep it coming, bro. So like then that month I made like a thousand, the next month was like two thousand, the oh. next month after that was like two thousand. And I was like, yo, this is good. So I'm at work looking like I made more money on this movie than I made it work. Forget work. So that's that's what my mind was. But my mind was like, I don't I like I can make a movie every weekend for a whole year because I just love the whole idea of doing it. Facts. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back with another episode of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. I am your host. Lex Bibbs. This is my first podcast of 2021. I'm joined here with my brother, my line brother, the one, the only, Jerome Stockton Fleming. The second. The second. <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing? Not much, not much. Just uh, just chilling. Just uh, finished work today. Got off work, you know, working at high school. We, okay. We went out and we visited to the homes of students who weren't logging in Yep. Uh, to encourage them to actually Log in to do And you still out at Rocky, right? Rocky River High School. I got to call Mr. McNeil, man. Oh, yeah, I saw him today. <laughs> I saw him today. I need to come surprise him, man. Hey, it'd be funny. Yeah, he going to beat me up. Probably so. Probably so. You know Talk trash about you. It's, it's, <laughs> we're going to get into more of this, but it's, it's amazing how life works. So for the podcast people, Jerome works with the guy that really changed my life in Maryland. But he's in Charlotte now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But... We'll talk more about this, but your sister helped me get a job that changed my life years ago, about 10 years ago. Yeah, Davidson, right? At Davidson. So yeah. it's just it's just wild, man, just the power of social network and stuff like that. But Jerome, man, I like to, you know, start these podcasts uh, out by asking a couple questions. We call it this or that. Lance, we got to get some theme music for this or that, all right? So, Jerome, this or that, we're going cookout or we're going Chick-fil-A? Cookout. What you ordering at cookout? Uh, I'm going to get the barbecue tray with uh, onion rings and uh, maybe a corn dog. But the problem I got by going by cookout, you always have to ask for so many condiments. Yeah. And they always miss one or two. But yeah, I would definitely be cookout up for Chick-fil-A. You got a piece of corn dog, man. You can't stick the corn dog, you know. Uh, I, I mean, you got to have, you know, to give the mustard. You know, I know, mustard but what thing. I'm saying is you can't stick the corn dog straight. Nah, nah, nah. You, you, you know? you fight, knife and fork. Knife and fork. Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> this is my line, brother, Lance. We, we, can, we can joke out like uh, this. All right. Play the drums or play the guitar? Guitar. Okay, why? Well, I know you're a musician. Uh, because uh, as much as people say all black people don't have rhythm, and I don't have much rhythm, mm-hmm. and I cannot get lost in my head all the time, so I'm playing the drums. That's, you know, I'm, I'm doing something else anyway, so... Guitar, six strings, make it sing, drums, eh, eh, I pass on that. Okay. Uh, strictly watch the Carolina Panthers or strictly watch the Charlotte Hornets? I'm going to have to go with the Hornets. Hornets? I, I, I had to go strictly watch the Hornets because since football is only 16 games in a season. Yeah. And uh, well, you got 16 games and you got eight home, eight, eight away. So it's kind of like every so often. So if I had to choose between the two, I would definitely go Hornets all day, especially since they got uh, Mr. Ball on the team now. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it is. I mean, when I go to Hornets games, I sit courtside too, pre-COVID. Humble so, brag. Humble brag. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm out there with it. I'm courtside wearing something colorful. You can be like, oh, that's him. That's him. Yeah. yeah. That's that dude. I'm trying to be the Spike Lee of Charlotte. All right. Um, last one. Go back to high school or go back to college? Um, 
I'll probably go back to college. High school sucked. So uh probably go back to college because college was uh, fun times. Had good fun times. It was. Yeah, I actually started writing my book called My Dumb Ass Freshman Year. <laughs> Uh, about my freshman year in college, and it, it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. So, <laughs> it so, was wild, wild. So, t- so take us back to the beginning. I mean, I know this because, you know, we've known each other for a while now. Um, Going on 21 years, right? About that, man. Uh, uh, about 20 that. years, 20 years, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we you know, we, we go back, go back. Yeah. Um, but take us back to Kannapolis, man. <laughs> take us back to Lord Jerome. Like, who is... The second. Who was Jerome? So Jerome, uh, I was never, I mean, I, I was always in between or something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, n- not very athletic. Uh, I mean, I had my tailbone broken by uh, NFL running back Nick Maddox. He ended my football career in high school. Uh, he plowed through me, uh, you know, in the Oklahoma drill and broke my tailbone. So, yeah, not very athletic. And I cried myself up to the, uh, you know, band room and started playing trombone even more. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I was always a dreamer, always trying to change the world. Still a dreamer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh, just always wanted to change the world for the better. Uh, I'm the fourth of five kids, so therefore I was never really looked at to do anything great. I never forget one time my mom was at church and she gave a speech about how my oldest son he's a job he got he's an engineer displaced my my daughter is displaced my other daughter displaced my youngest son he plays piano for all the churches around and Jerome. He's a bartender, and I, I was I was like Jesus, <laughs> but yeah. but I've I've always been that one that like I, I don't mind failing and stuff even back then because like I didn't apply I didn't apply to go to many colleges stuff like that. It's kind of like I just kind of the kind of person just let, let things just happen yeah. and just like make it work for sure for sure. So, um, how did you get to Smith, man? Like you know, like I said, you're from Kannapolis, not that far, you know what I mean. But how did you get to Smith? So. Uh, mama said I couldn't go to a, a predominantly white institution. Uh, mama said that I couldn't go back to A&T because that's when my big brother went. He kind of had it too good of a time. So I was like, I go to the Army. My mama said, no son of mine going to the Army because my dad was in the military. So I was like, well, I guess I'll be a boom. And she said, you can get ass at the house when you turn 18. So I graduated on my 18th birthday. So I really just sitting around the house for a couple weeks and not really knowing where I wanted to go. Then one day my uncle actually picked, uh, picked me up in the car and drove me down to uh, John C. Smith when I had my trombone in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was actually selling shirts to uh, Duncan Gray. Uh, and so while he was in there talking to Mr. Gray, I was outside playing with trombone. Then somebody said, come on in. Went in and played for uh, Mr. Gray and ended up with a scholarship to uh, John C. Smith. On the band? Mm-hmm. So did you You didn't do band all four years, though, right? No, no, no. It's in the book, My Dumbass. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, so what happened with that? Uh, Funny, I was talking to Stephen Wilder about it recently, and uh, but pretty much growing up in Kannapolis, which was predominantly white, not really having a connection with African American culture outside of what I saw every day. Mm-hmm. Being in Johnson's band was a culture shock to me. So it was kind of like I'm seeing all these girls, I'm seeing all these dudes, I'm seeing everybody's having a wild time, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Oh. Right, right, so right, right. it's kind of like it was a shock to my system, and. I, now, I really didn't, because, like, since I grew up 30 miles from, you know, John C. Smith, going that, going that you know, that close to home and not still not knowing anybody, mm-hmm. it was really just like I was felt just alone. So, and, have, and being in the culture of the band, not knowing what was going on, yeah. I was just like, felt like I didn't belong. Yeah. So, I kind of just gracefully bowed out. Well, 
One of the best decisions you made in undergrad was being initiated to the Alpha Epsilon chapter of Phi Beta Sigma. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's where we kind of met, right? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What do, you, yeah. what do you remember about those days without giving away too much? I, I remember DeMond Raybon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, our number four. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we were roommates at the time. Yep. So it, it was it, like, I just remember so. I got the highest GPA ever during that time. Same here. <laughs> high I don't GPA know how. Ever, high GPA ever. I don't know how. More focused, less yeah. sleep than anything yeah. ever. I'm sorry, it was days where uh, we were playing a Risk with Briggs oh. in his dorm room. Yeah, just playing Risk all night, yeah. going to class all day, and working all night. And it was just like, hey, it is what it was. So I like to tell people, and this is no disrespect to my uh, six other line brothers, like anybody that's familiar with like, you know, being initiated to a fraternity or a sorority, you have these line brothers. Some you have an extremely great bond with, some you don't. But like, I feel like our line is like the weirdest line oh, absolutely. that's ever crossed our chapter ever. Yeah, like I put it up again because we're legit. We're the same, obviously, in ways. But like, it's seven different people. And if you lined us up or you talked to all of us, you like you would never knew that we had. You any never con- knew like we had anybody. these things in common to you know go about this fraternity. And I remember like days where I'm just like, yo, like. These some weird dudes, oh, but they uh, cool as hell, though. I, I agree with you. I, I agree. It's, it's yeah. kind of like it's really a line. Line name should have been seven personalities. All seven of us are totally different, yeah. and unless if you didn't know we were line brothers, you would. I mean, because like even me, you are very different. Right. I'm a country bumpkin. You know what I'm right. saying? I'd rather be farming than doing anything else right now. Right. You know? Right. But like it's we get each other, and it's like you know, like man, this dude Jerome he used to like. Let me borrow his car before I had a license. I was like, oh, yeah, like this like, guy is freaking like, cool. He was like, yo, you need my car? You need to go to the store? Wait, you need something? Just put a couple of hours in gas in there for me. I don't even worry about it, man. Just pick me up a burger or something while you out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even have a license, bro. I just wanted to like get off campus real quick or go grab me something to eat. Yeah, like, get the keys. Yeah. Was it the uh, Maxima? It was or? the Blue Maxima, bro. Oh, I want to yeah. say you left that joint with me one weekend, bro. I'm, I'm pretty sure one, I did. One of the best weekends <laughs> of undergrad. I'm pretty sure I did. Because uh, I remember in undergrad I had the Blueberry. And I had the Maxima, and yeah. 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 So, fast forward, we graduate 05, right? Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of things, as most of us, as young black professionals trying to figure it out here. Take us through your journey. Like, I know you've been to a couple schools. I know you've been, you know, in and out of the school system. But first job, second job, third job, like, take us through it. Cool. So, while I was in undergrad, um, Actually, chapter five of my dumbass. Uh, I had to get a job because of credit card debt. So I became a, a tutor at West Shore High School, which I was a tutor at West Shore High School all throughout college. Uh, after graduating from college, didn't want to be a teacher because my mom was a teacher. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is whack. So uh, I actually became a substitute teacher. So substitute teacher for like a half a year because you know I graduated December two thousand four, but couldn't march to two thousand two thousand five. Right. So what I did in between time was substitute teach and work at Staples. Uh, after working during that time frame, I actually got a job at Harding University High School as a tech guy. It was a one-year contract. Then I was, you know, sad, depressed, all that kind of stuff. But I bought a house during the time frame, so I kind of like already had my roots down here in Charlotte. So I actually taught at West Charlotte. Went back to West Charlotte and taught for like three and a half years. Uh, but I didn't get my teaching license. I was doing ladder entry program, but didn't get my teaching license because it was so much. Uh, corporate things going on in the school system. I was like, if I got to do corporate, I might as well go corporate and make some money. So I left there. Well, actually, 
I went to Alaska after that. I went to Alaska. Then, uh, wait, no, when was Alaska? Getting ahead of myself. No, okay, Wells Fargo, Alaska, mm-hmm. ran for State House of Representatives, Bank of America, after Bank of America, then State House of Representatives. Uh, after that, got depressed, all that kind of stuff, was working at Staples, Office Depot again, went back to Wells Fargo, uh, went to Wells Fargo Audit, started to, then I did my first movie, did my second movie, my wife started her blog, MyForkingLife.com, which gets over about 2 million views a, a month now. Uh, she major. Uh, what's that? She's major. Oh, yeah, 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 it is she what it is. It she's is. major. She, she's in the kitchen. You married up. Good job. <laughs> what? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> then after, uh, after the blog success and uh, the success of the movie and stuff like that, I like said, Wells Fargo, forget you, I'm out. But then being in a house uh, with a you know a two two year old and a wife that I love with all my heart and a twelve year old that I love with all my heart, I had to get out the house yeah. with the quickness. So uh, went to start substitute teaching again, and I ended up at Rocky River, which which the the vibe there is like a family. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I don't mind working here and actually helping them out. You know, working my wife blog full time, do still full time movies, and yeah. So you brought up her uh, her blog, her YouTube channel, man. Like, so she's on there like cooking, obviously. Right? Yeah, yeah. So myforkinglife.com was started. Uh, we started. Remember when I used to do Certified by Jerome? Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so we did Certified by Jerome when uh, when me and her started dating. Like, get get back in. The, like, we were seriously dating. Sure. I would be like, what? Yeah, we were we were seriously dating. Have at uh, got to the point where she used to get mad at me because I would be like, I gotta get the show out today. And I'm like, nope. I cut her off and be like, I don't care. You got to go, go. I'm going to do the show. Yeah. So I got to do something for me. I do something for me. So then it went to like she was doing couponing, which she couldn't do too well. you know. Then she was doing finances, but you don't do something you're not good at. Right. No offense to her, but you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like people always try to find stuff to do, but they're not good at it. Yeah. So then what she was good at, because like I tell people all the time, when we, when we first started dating, she could not cook for nothing. That was about the only spices she knew was salt and pepper. That was it. And I, I used to be like, yo, this is no. So I was going out spending like $1,000 a month on us going out to eat. Yeah. Then it got to the point where I was like, uh-uh. Like, you got to go half on this, boo. Then once I said that, she started cooking, started getting cookbooks and all this other kind of stuff. Then I remember doing the DNC when it was here in Charlotte. That's when she actually uh, got this cookbook, uh, or How to Cook Everything by Mark Brockman, I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. She got that cookbook, and she just started cooking and actually getting really good at it. And like, then that's when the blog kind of developed into that. So uh, she went something that went viral. Next, you know, she was like doing it big. So YouTube channel, YouTube channel went from uh, in a year because the YouTube we didn't start YouTube too recently, but in a year we went from six hundred subscribers to now about bumping twenty thousand subscribers. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. And the you know and like I said, the blog went from. Make sure you know, y'all subscribe to the channel. Share yeah. the channel, Jerome. Myforkinglife.com. My fork and life. No, my forking life. Forking life. Yeah, my forking life. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. What, I mean, like, you, like people say spooning. They say what you do with knife, you cut. What you do for fork, you use it as if in a forking matter. So, my forking life. I like it. Clever, clever. <laughs> so, there it is, right yep. here. There it is. Yep. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you, you, you've always been a dreamer. You've always been a go getter. You've always been somebody. Even recently, like I was telling my wife, you called. You was like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" I, I forgot what I was doing, and you was like, "Oh, I wanted you to sit oh. on my on my table, read." <laughs> and she was like, 
God bless him. Like, he's going to make it. Like, he's just so ambitious. You know what I mean? Like, you've always been that person. Like, yo, it's like, yo, I got this idea. I got this script. I got this idea. Launched certified by Jerome. Like, I remember that. Oh, like, yeah. The that... spoof of, like, making a band. And that's when, like, the, the Dave Chappelle skit type stuff yeah. content was out, man. So, talk about certified by Jerome, man. What do you remember about that stuff? So, certified by Jerome was started, uh, like all things in life, because of a girl in depression. I uh, broke up with a girl, and I was sad. I was really sad. I was going through a lot, and I was like, you know what? I'm very sad. That's what I told myself. But then what he made even worse is around the same time the Chappelle show went off the air. So I was really jacked up in the head. I was like, man, I got nothing to do now. So um, years prior to the first episode of Certified Drone, my cousin, James Cannon, took me by the uh, public assets thing. He was like, cousin, you got to sign up. You got to sign up. But like, and he was always known to be like the hustler in the family. So I'm like, I don't know, James. I don't know. We call him Tarzan. We're like, I don't know about this, but I did it anyway. Then, yeah. then uh, I, I, I'll never forget the like, beginning of it. I was actually at uh, doing cleanup down in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina. And I got a phone call from Public Assets, and they said, hey, we have a spot open up. You, you, we'd like to come and take the class. And I'm like, yeah, why not? So I came into the class, and it kind of just started. Like, yeah. I, all I had was a camera and an empty house. So I shot the first couple things, uh, like, on a date for cheap, uh, did I have my cousin telling a couple of stories on there? Yeah. Then I got y'all over the house one time talking yeah, about making the band four point five. Yeah, it was just. I like, watched that joint like two months ago, bro. Cracking up like. Uh, and it's funny when you watch those because like certain stuff you can watch and like, man, that's old. That is classic. That is classic. Jeremiah, bro. what? <laughs> that Yo. stuff is classic. We need to. We might need to like link that in this. That so, is very Lance, funny. We uh, again, we're following this. Um, we just spoofed like a making a band episode, kind of like a skit, and like I played Diddy. Uh, we had a couple of our frat brothers playing like Big Mike and like yeah. all these guys. Five dollar foot long, bro. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. First of all, like none of us still look the same anymore, but it's like it was just fun, man. Like we we were acting as if we had no worries in life. Yeah, it was organic. Yeah, it, it, it was, was just organic fun, funness. It was fun, bro. Um, but now, man, you on to 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 the big screen. You know what I'm saying? As, yeah. As I like to think it, Not, as I like uh, to call it, man. Talk about that, man. So the uh, how the movie came about was in 2017. I think that's when it was. Uh, my homeboy came to me. He was like, "Hey, let's flip a house." You know, cause I mean, everybody wants to make money, so I was like, "Cool." Now I sat down and listened to him. I was like, "Bro, do you understand that for every dollar that's invested in the movie industry, eleven dollars is the average return on investment?" So if you come to me with well, $100,000, I could easily turn that on $1.1 million. That's the fact. Then I went even deeper because, like, I, I wrote my first script back in 2010. It was called PC Mechanics based off of DeMond's mm -hmm. company. So I wrote my first script then, and I took it through. Oh, I'm, I'm backtracking, but 2010, I wrote my first script, took it to uh, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon looked at it. He was like, yo, cuz, this is, seems like a good movie. It's going to cost you about $3 million to make it. I knew he had $3 million, but he wasn't going to give me $3 million. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. What can I take out? He was like, this, 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 this. It was about like a four-hour conversation. So I was like, okay, I understand how to look at the script and break it down. So I wrote another script and another script and another script. So I wrote I like how you just casually threw that there. Like, you know, I don't know if you caught that. Nick Cannon's his cousin. Yeah, so what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something he likes to keep in his pocket a little yeah, bit. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm proud of all my family. My family my family. As they're proud is, of you, Jerome. And they laugh at me. I love it's seeing okay. him in the, in, the, in the family pictures, like where y'all back in Kannapolis. Oh, oh yeah. Like this Hollywood guy <laughs> comes home to Kannapolis, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I love my family. And one thing about my family, 
it's never any love loss. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Yeah. Just like uh, if I see if I see you on the street, we're like, oh, oh, big head Lex talking trash. Mm-hmm. And that is, <laughs> that's what it is. So he told you pull some things out. Yeah, yeah. He told me he told me pretty not pull it out, but he said this is how you can restructure it. So I kept writing and writing and writing. Then so in 2017, when my homeboy saw my flipping house, I was like, bro, we can we can make a movie. We can make a movie for X amount of money and get a, about 11 cent, you know, 11 times of the investment. So um, I wrote this script. It was called Game of Love, and uh, about 120 pages. And I I said to him, he he read it. He said, yo, this thing we can do this. So after uh, we wrote it, I was like, out of one every dollar invested, I'm 97% of that dollar. I'm the writer, I'm the director, I'm the editor, I'm the, you know, everything dealing the movie. All they got to pay for is the actors and food. That's it. So uh, after having a conversation with them, we got another homeboy involved and said, cool. So of course they was like, you know, kind of step back. But I was like, I want to make a movie. And, uh, and I was like, before I have a child, I want to be a director on IMBD as a director because you know who didn't have that at the time? Nick did. So it was, it was, I do everything. If you don't, hate makes you great. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it was all the hate. And I was like, he ain't, <laughs> he ain't no director. I'm a director. Right. So the plan was I uh, got everybody together. I actually sent out 500 emails. 500 emails to people that I met over the years. I even sent you an email. Everybody emailed. And I was like, everybody come out and make this movie. So in my mind, I'm thinking, yo, I'm going to have all this cash crew. I'm going to use John C. Smith. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Five people showed up. Yep. Only five people showed up. My home, uh, Leah, you know, remember Leah? Mm-hmm. Uh, homeboy uh, from Canapolis named Fam. Uh, a frat named Ibn. Used to, I worked with him in West Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and her friend, uh, Monica, and a, a couple other people. And uh, and they showed up, and I was like, all right, let's do it. So then I saw what was around the table. And because um, it was, it was the original script name was called Smelling Flowers. But then uh, when I was out with uh, Homegirls, uh, Lasheries, Keela, and Nicole at uh, Red 28 one night, we were out there with them, and this dude was out trying to holler, yo, I sing, I sing, I sing. And I was like, you sing? For real? You know, I was, I was like, you seen, I got a movie, I want you my movie. He, he trying to holler at your friends. You like, wait, what? You do what? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was yeah. like, I was like, you seen, you like, yeah, yeah, I'm on radio and everything. And I was like, you lying, whatever, but I'm doing this movie. So uh, let's give me information. So he exchanged information and his name is Akibius. Uh He has, I mean, he's on this radio with the baby, everybody like that. So real cool dude. And like, we just hit it off. So he came to the table read. And um and and he played he said I got a, I got a song that matches it and it's called Game of Love ooh, 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 ooh. and I was like yo that's the new movie name we're going with it so we record, Game of Love we record the movie and we, we we the premiere was what 2016 2017 no the, it was 2018 it was 2018 mm-hmm. wait and that was, spot over in the, was it, uh, it was, was it 2017. Like, it might have been 17. 17. It was it 17. 17. It was 2017 because uh, Baby was born in 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, it was 2017. We had the premiere. Over in the Music Factory. Music Factory. And, and like, um, like Duke, the guy that where we shot the film at on the left side, he passed away recently. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, yeah, but he, piece, it, it was just like, he just like opened, just like, bro, what you need? Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. And I was like, that that vibe is what thro- I throw it off of. Yeah. So I made connections and yeah. you know, black businesses and stuff. Yeah, so I made the movie in the weekend. Like, used that spot, used the bathroom, used my homeboy spot. I used so many spots. Shot the film in the weekend uh, for less than. I uh, uh, only spent we spent like maybe I spent like thirty dollars, and that was for a microphone cord so a Kiwi's could sing at the place. And that scene only cost like t- to like two seconds, yeah. but he did a concert that whole night, and it was just a good vibe. And after everything was said and done, I took everybody to Magianos. 
that's what the whole movie calls a trip taken there by Magianos. Yeah. So with a thirty dollar investment uh, over the last two years, probably made about ten thousand dollars off of it. That's good, man. No Amazon. Check out Amazon Game of Love. Yeah. I mean, it get a lot so of you bad. Watch it now on Prime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, we got a lot of bad reviews, but I don't care. I made it in the weekend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I made this movie in the weekend, and it was, we had so much food, bro. So, it was so much fun. So how do you deal with that negative feedback, honestly? Like, you you go in there, you're like, yo, this is trash. At how first, did, how do you take that? At first, I was like. Well, however they said. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use that. No, 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 no. Like, at first, like, when the first movie first came out, I knew all the work that went into it. I Like, I... Wrote the movie, I shot the movie, I was in the movie, I edited the sounds, all the every single part of the movie, I I did. So after doing everything that was involved in it and actually putting it out there for the world to see, I took a blank sheet of paper and turned it into this creation. Right. If you're lucky, you can kiss my ass. That's how, that's how I feel. But when I when the first negative comments started coming in, like this this movie is trash. This ain't no independent film. I was like, where were you? Where were you when I asked for help? Because I made it very publicly. That I need to help to do this, right, and if you right. don't, if you didn't, uh, it, it was an actor said it recently, and I, I used that back. This, if you don't like something I do, call me. But if you can't call me, you ain't got my number. I don't care. Right. Real talk. So like, I got negative views. It was just like, man, this movie trash. The only thing that like, here's the funny one. The only thing good in this horrible actor film was the twist at the end. So you tell me you watched this movie for an hour and twenty minutes just to get to the end to save your trash. attention. Uh, yeah, I kept your attention. It, right. it reminds me of an episode of uh, Certified by Drone when a uh, security guard at um, at West Charlotte. Drone, you're so show stupid. I watched the whole thing. So 30 minutes of your life with I consume. Thank right. you very much. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like going out on a date with a girl. Yeah. You get through the whole date and she says, I had a great time, but this was horrible. Why don't you leave earlier? So it's kind of like I take negative feedback like a grain of salt now because in order for me to elicit any kind of emotion out of you, I mean, I did my job. Right. Hate and love is the same emotion. Hey, it's just the intensity. Yeah. So let's go a step back without giving away too much game. Like you just, how does, how does one get an independent film on Amazon and monetize off of it? Actually, it's very easy. Um, So, and I, like I tell anybody (laughs) because all the movies that's in the world, everybody can make a movie every single day and people are still going to watch it. But uh, the way I went about it was, like I said, my goal was not to get a movie on Amazon. My movies would have an IMBD credit. Yeah. That's where I started. I started with, with a simple goal, and my goal was to get an IMBD credit. So I looked at what it took. And so you have to have a movie for a certain length uh, and on a platform that can be re- reviewed. So I was like, all right, cool. What's the platforms out there? You have the movie theaters, had all this kind of stuff. So, uh, so when I first made the movie, I was like, I was going to go in theaters. But at first, though, after the movie's done, I'm like, nah, this is this is trash. I I know it. I know I know what a movie is. Movie Straight came. to the dollar movie. Not, not even a dollar movie, bro. Like I, I like I will pay you a dollar to watch it. <laughs> like it, because it, it, it had its moments. It had yeah, the movie yeah, had its yeah. moments, but I, only I, I could talk to my LB like this. Yeah, yeah but it, it was just like it had its moments, but it was it wasn't up there. Yeah. So what I did was like, I was looked at the other platforms, YouTube, but I was like, YouTube, you know, it takes so much time. Right. You have to get four thousand hours of content view plus 1,000 subscribers, like, I had over 10,000 views and over 100,000 hours, or not 100,000, but, like, over, like, 40, 50,000 hours watching since it's been up, but it would take too long to get there. Yeah. So, what I did was, I was like, okay, what platform is out there? And uh, Amazon had, a, it was very straightforward, upload this, you got to have your uh, 
words typed out. And so like I went through every single pro excuse me. I went through every single part of the process and part of the process I typed every single word to the movie out because this is I didn't want to spend any money. So that's what I did. Wow. So uploaded, uh it took about a week to get a week to get uh, you know, accepted into the program. Then like I was just a static first month, made I made a dollar twelve cent. I was like, yo, I made a dollar. What? Uh, I you, was only, the, you only spent thirty dollars, right? Uh, thirty dollars for the whole movie. Yeah. Plus, we had leftovers for days, so it was kind of like I was good. <laughs> so thirty dollars for the whole movie, and I made a dollar in the first day. Uh, we wouldn't even dollar first day. First it was, month, you said, yeah, first month. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, yeah, this was up. Then, then uh, all of a sudden, it was like three months later. So we had a dollar, then two dollars, and like three dollars fifty cent, and four dollars. And I remember in October, it was like, yo, I made like fifteen dollars in a day. Yo, I made. Twenty dollars a day. I was like, "Yo, I got a credit card bill paid. Yo, yo this is off the chain." And I paid out the credit card. Then went to Maggiato Zone. So I was like, "Cool." So then the next week after that, uh, it made even more money. Then more money. It, it, it then like so I was getting like about five hundred dollars a month off this movie. That what I'm, shifted? What happened? Uh, analytics. Analytics. So, so the more people watch the film and, re and respond to it, it puts in people different cues, and the more people follow in different cues, more people to watch it. So it was all about, you know, so when people say like and share, like I told everybody like and share and I got like 20 reviews. I was like, everybody didn't like and share. So, but that's when I believe in the power of 1%. So if I ask 200 people to do something, I might get two people to do it. That's cool. So like it's really loving your expectations to a point where it's acceptable. So failure is in your own mind, you know? So it was like, it's like it's about $500 a month. Then the next summer, I'll, we were at a wedding. It was a wedding, and I never forget. It, was, it I got like ten thousand people watched it in a day. I was like, "What? What's going on?" Then I'm seeing all these negative reviews, like, "Oh, this is stupid. This is whack. This sucks." And I was like, "Yo, keep it coming, bro." So like, then that month I made like a thousand. The next month was like two thousand. The oh. next month after that was like two thousand. And I was like, "Yo, this is good." So I'm at work, looking like I made more money on this movie than I made at work. Forget work. So that's that's what my mind was. What my mind was like I don't I like I can make a movie every weekend for a whole year because I just love the whole idea of doing it. Facts. So I just did it. The next thing you know, it, then of of course eventually Amazon got hip to the game and they changed the whole payout structure and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So now like last month I made like a dollar fifty five cent, but I, I don't. What care. changed? The analytics. Analytics. The analytics for Amazon because now uh, only way you can get in somebody's queue to be watched is if somebody recently shares within the last like twenty some days. Gotcha. So you got to constantly promote it. So, man, I learned a lot right there, man. Game of Love on Amazon right now. Yes, Game of Love. Go stream that. Go stream. Hey, that. Game of Love on Amazon. Uh, like I said, it, it was like I let people know I made it in a, in a weekend. I made yeah. it in a weekend. I used friends and family to do it. So even the movie sucks. I, I I love like that's that's my number one project. But you know what? Like so, you 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 mentioned the, the word depression a couple of times, mm -hmm. right? But I also see the joy and the happiness on your face, just reliving those moments. Like yo, we was at a wedding, and yo, like they was giving me negative comments, but I was like, yo, keep doing it. But it's like it's the yin and the yang. It's the seesaw of like sometimes. Like when we in those dark moments, you know what I'm saying? That's when you create. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And as a creative, like I I know most creatives have I don't want to say have been depressed before, but they've been through this seesaw of emotions like, man, but I'm just not gonna give up, right? You yeah, know what I'm facts. We, we've heard Big facts. uh many people say that before, but it's like you seem to have kept a balance of like, yeah, I might be going through this, 
but like I'm gonna create out of this dark place. You Am gotta, I right or wrong? No, you're right because uh, like you have to go through it to get to it. Right. And like and from every seed comes out the ground, and like if everything is given to you as soon as you're ready for it, you never you never respect anything that you get. So like with like the negative comments and the setbacks and everything that happened in your life, it's fertilized and it goes on top of what your dreams and ambitions, and you use that to grow from. Because like Game of Loves is about Game of Love is about a dude who goes through like is in a relationship and the girlfriend cheats on him, goes on a blind date, and realizes that you know it's, it's a whole lot going on. And I use that from real life experiences. Um, Fifteen Till is the first movie I wrote that wasn't my real life, but I used it from people that I knew and wrote a story about it. Uh, I can't make you love me is uh, is pretty much I can't make uh, Game of Love Part Two, which mm -hmm. is I'm actually in the process of like did the table read for now. And I'm using real life experiences from that. And it's like, it's, everything's not positive, but everything is not always negative. It's, it's just real. Cause like when I create, I create from a position like, look, this is my experience. And if you, if, if I can, like I said before, if I can elicit an emotion from you, I did my job. Right. That's it. Cause, cause like when I did Game of Love, it was like, I wanted everybody in the world to dislike my friend Leah. That was it. Leah was a light-skinned girl in the film. I was like, you know what? I want everybody to hate you. So she was like, okay, let's see if you can do it. I wrote the script. Everybody like, oh, I don't like that chick. Yeah. I won. It's amazing how, like, you know, that can happen, right? Because uh, let's think about the last season of, like, Insecure. Everybody hated Molly mm -hmm. most of the season. You know what I'm saying? And, like, by you saying that, it's like, yo, like, I was at home, like, okay, I'm over it already, right? It's like, get her back in our good graces. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... <laughs> Like we don't want to hate her this whole season, but it's like sometimes that's very intentional. It's like yeah, I, yeah. I want I want to pull an emotion out of the audience so that they can not like this character, like for example, or fall in love with this character. Yeah, like like for example, the film I'm working on right now, I can't make you love me. Uh, like I can tell you this because this is life. But the when whoever watches this film, I want them to look at their the person they in love with or say they in love with and change the way they treat that person. They could treat this person like. Like gold every single day, but still, no matter what happens, I want the I want husband and wives to look at you like, man, I have to change. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So everything like and it is really we try to worry about make things so complex we forget about the simple things in life. That's hey, that's a bar right there, man. So, um, man, so love, right? Like, I feel like with COVID and this whole pandemic, we've had to learn how to love maybe a different way now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got two kids at the house, mm -hmm. you got a wife, y'all making, y'all got projects. How do y'all find that time? You create, she create, y'all parent, but still find time for each other. Uh, you get to find the, um, the, this, the, like to have a happy middle ground because my wife, before she became a, a full-time food blogger, she was a lawyer, <laughs> a public defender for, for, so, oh, wait, wait, wait. So she doesn't? No. Full time. Full time. Word. Good for her. Yeah. So it, it was like, because like I said, I quit first. And she I guess she got pissed off that I quit. You was trying to be a kept man, Jerome. What? What are you talking about? That ain't what we all trying to do. <laughs> so, so so like, because like, cause like I said, I, I was, I, my aunt passed away in August. And I went to work and they was like, yo, uh, Jerome, you fall out kind of behind your stuff. And I'm like, forget your stuff. Forget you. So, and I was like, you know what? And uh, I quit. And, she, and the boss was like, what? What, 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 what? We don't want you to quit. We just want you to do this better. I'm like, nah, y'all pissed me off. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. 
So she was like, well, can, can, you, uh, can you wait till December? And I was like, look, you get on my nerves. So I stayed for as long as you need me to, but I ain't doing no more of this, ain't doing this, ain't doing this, ain't doing this, because on this day, I quit. So like they agreed to it. I hired this young black man to take my spot over. Because uh, like they brought him in. Like, I was part of the interview session. I was like, I want him. Yeah. Black guy, South Carolina. He actually makes beats and stuff. But uh, like he, he going to be in the next movie. Oh, no, he actually makes beats for me. Yeah, he actually really good. I know how you think. No, oh, hey, you do this? You're in the next movie. Oh, hey, why make it difficult? Right. <laughs> so so I, I quit. Like I said, my aunt passed away of leukemia. Then I actually was in the process of making my second film, which was uh, Greatness Spoken Truths, which I did with Xena. Uh, I did that one uh, to really celebrate black women. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did that film, and I realized what my mistakes in my first film was camera work. So my second film, I worked on my camera angles. And on that film, on Greatness Spoken Truth, um, after that happened, I was like, okay, I made, because it didn't do as well as I thought it would, like as far as an Amazon. So I was like, okay, all right. But I know I can make another movie, make this amount of money, I'm out. Yeah. Quit. So December 8th, uh, baby was, uh, December 8th, 2019, a baby was like one year, well, one years old, whatever, or two, she was a baby, you know what I'm saying? So I quit. I quit my job. We just moved into a new house. And, but like said, the income was coming in. I cashed out my 401k. And I was like, we good for the next three months. If I got to go back to work, I go back to work. Mm -hmm. And like two months, in, well, not even a month into it, wife was like, oh, hell no. Nah. You sitting at home drinking lattes, going out with your friends, having Starbucks and stuff like that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You got to go get a job. I was like, babe, I just quit. Can I, can I at least get, can I yeah. chill for a second? Yeah. No. So like, that's when I started start substituting again. But I started working on other projects. And before, when I was substituting and working on projects, she's, I guess she saw like, hmm, he's actually getting stuff done. I quit. And I was like, damn it, that ruined that. So, so she started being home again. Yeah. But, but, but we found that happy middle ground because obviously me and my wife are totally different. Yeah. I'm like, you said, you're different a, from everybody. I'm mom. a flighty dreamer who says what I think the first time I, it comes up my mouth. Yeah. And she is like a, a reserved, I mean, she, I mean, she's my wife. Like you said, I married up. She's a, a like track star, Hall of Fame track star. You'll see Asheville. It says Fleming on the Hall of Fame because of her. Um, she argued in front of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, you know what I'm saying, and an uh, excellent lawyer, brilliant, everything, everything she touched turns to gold, and me, I'm just like, I'm a country boy from Kannapolis that, uh, that wants to have a farm, that's about it. You, you're not a bartender anymore, you married up? I still bartend. Still bartend? No, I, hey, I do everything. If, if it's there, I do it. So, let me ask you this question, man, um, something I like to ask everyone. Um, as far as like, you know, black businesses and all that are at the forefront right now, you know what I mean? We don't talk about circulating the black dollar and stuff like that. Um, it's an easy question, but it could be hard. Is it easy for you to support other black businesses? Is it difficult for you? Uh, what are some of the black businesses that you like to frequently support or champion? I, I like Kind of a loaded question. No, no. It's, it's, I don't think it's that loaded because my wife has this conversation all the time because her being a black food blogger, and the content that she puts out is on the same level as like, you know, Pioneer Woman, Martha Stewart type stuff. And uh, and sometimes she get comments from uh, other black people where where they say she's not black enough. Hmm. But uh, or me in the films that I do. Yeah, I want you to watch my films and stuff. But yeah, it's gonna be black people on the screen. But at the same time, I don't want you to look at my stuff as being a black movie. Because right. what it does, it takes away from takes away from what I'm doing. I'm making a movie and everybody's in it black. And yeah, I come from a, a, a black culture. But once I once I say a black business, what what we do at that exact moment, 
you kind of kind of people put. I'm sorry, it puts people in mind in a different line set. Like, well, let's go to a black restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't be fine dining because it's a black restaurant. So I'm getting hog malls and chitlins. I, I love hog malls and chitlins. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like it's just the mindset that our society put us in, where when we put the word black in front of some, it means a different quality. Right. So like, let's go to a restaurant. Oh, what restaurant is it? Oh, it's, it's down on the south side. Oh, what kind of food they got? Oh, they got southern cuisine. They got you know. A little bit of New York, you got Italian. Oh, it's black owned, black ran. Oh, it's my my goodness, they got chitlins on the menu. This is wonderful. You know what I'm saying? But but like, so don't don't take in any kind of way. I love supporting black businesses, but it's kind of like when customers put use the word black business in front of something, they think it's of a different quality. Right. And like, I think that's a, a bad thing. You got to change that narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, I my aunt Aunt Kate that passed away. She was the first Af- African American woman to be ordained in the Presbyterian Church. She was, uh, she's the mother of black liberation theology in America. You know what I'm saying? You can tap Katie Cannon and online, you can see my Aunt Kate, my godmama. And one thing she always taught me is that, and, and one thing she always taught me, and one thing that, uh, that I learned when we were crossing Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated Alpha Epsilon chapter, is that you walk into a room, and once you walk into a room, the first thing out your mouth should not be, I'm a Sigma. Right. People should know you. From from that, then oh you and you a sigma. That should be a bonus. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of, that's how I kind of feel about businesses and everything. It's kind of like I run a business, a top line business. I make movies, top line movies. Like I do this top line. Oh, and the person's black, add a bonus. Right. So and 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 sometimes I think that people think that you know if I got a black business, you support my black business. Yeah. It kind of puts you in a situation where it's just kind of like when business owners say that support black business, support black business. Okay. Yeah. Do you have the best quality? But you know what? You just reminded me of like something. I think that's like a, a underlying thing we kind of learned at undergrad, right? So you know how you trying to describe somebody to somebody? You're like, Lance. Like, Who the hell is Lance? You know, Lance, that always wore the MTV hat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Jerome. Who? Jerome the Sigma. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's something that's like been engraved in us is like we try to describe people or articulate people it's like by their oh he's affiliated oh you know such and such the basketball player or I mean you know the girl that was Miss JCSU you know what I'm saying or whatever the people case people always be. try to categorize I mean so it's like it's human nature to categorize stuff in, in different stuff yeah so the easiest way to categorize a business is K is it a black business is it a white business because that's that's kind of the the you know the division, the the yin and yang that we grew up with is it black or is it white? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of it's like I understand why people do it, but I th- really do think it takes away from like from learning. About, I'm, and I think I'm thinking like this. I'm listening to the Barack Obama book right now. So you know Barack Obama, you know Michelle and I, you know that kind of vibe. And I was just like, you know, and when he listen to him talk, it's kind of like the same way I'm feeling. It's kind of like. Yes, he's a he's a he's a black man, undeniably black. Yeah, you, if I <laughs> I tell people all the time, if I walk into a room, first thing you know about me, I'm a black man. I can't change that, but it's not told my mouth. Did you see the real value of what kind of black man that I am? Right. Okay. And it should be like that with businesses. You, like, yeah. you should have business cards. You have websites. You should have because I can't stand when I meet somebody and and uh, like this friend out I do film. Oh, yo, hook me up. Hook you up with what? You know, you you're not gonna walk up to you know, yeah. you know Steven Spielberg and say hook me up. You're not you're not gonna walk to uh to you know anybody and say hook me up unless you feel that you, you know that you can get something yeah. from them for nothing. So yeah, if you got a black business, cause like for I can make you love me. What I was planning on doing, I reached out to the Charlotte Black Business Group, 
on Facebook and was just like, hey, if you put put your business in here if you would like the free commercial because like I had a gimmick in there where it was going to be I'm asking them to show commercials throughout because the main character was a commercial designer, design commercials, and like I guess because I'm a black man who they don't never heard before. I got a, like everybody in there. I got like two of the responses, and the two responses: Oh, I want to be in a movie. I want to be in a movie. That's not what I asked. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like we got to start respecting each other, put each other on levels where there are barriers between our interactions. Where like I shouldn't be able to come to you and say, "Hook me up with a commercial," because that's disrespectful to my craft. Because you, you, that's what we do, though. That's the that's the finesse. That's the game that we're familiar with. You know what I'm saying? I mean. I just said this many a times on this on this on this platform. It's like, yo, people hit me up all the time. Like, yo, damn, that joint fifty dollars. Let me get it for thirty. No, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, but it's because they know you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's like, and could be because you're black. But like you said, they're not gonna go to Joe Small over there. They're gonna pay full price because that's what they want. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they pay full price. And like I said, on the flip side, uh, for a lot of business owners, because like I deal with business owners all day, uh, and I was like, if you are a minority business have a website have a number that works have a business card so when I meet somebody don't tell me that you do this but when I see you say you do this so like oh what's your website I ain't got a website yet oh but uh, okay. Take my Instagram yeah yeah hit me up on Instagram Instagram is a platform owned by Mark Zuckerberg who is a yeah. white man so therefore you your business is actually ran by a white guy keep it moving next question you know what I'm saying and that's how I see if you don't own the platform now, unless you're you saying it. check my gram the link is in the bio that's different no no that's a business card that's right. a business card right but if all that you got is an Instagram business Hit me up on Instagram for this. Hit me, no, because the moment Instagram says yeah. what you got is not what they want, you have no longer have a business. So do you think we need to be a little more patient with some black businesses? Or it's like, you? what do you mean patient? Because I feel like, kind of back to what you were saying, not to put words in your mouth. It's like, like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a meme or it's a, something going on Instagram uh, right now. It's like McDonald's can mess up a thousand times. But the moment that one black business mess up, you're ready to write them off. Mm-hmm. You go to McDonald's every Friday and they tell you the damn ice cream machine don't work. But you come back the next Friday. But the one time you go to this spot or that spot or you order from this spot, it's like, damn, they ain't got it, man. This is why I don't support. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of the thinking when I say be more patient. I, I do feel that we need to be more patient, but it's still the price. It's kind of like this. If, as, as a business owner... If I say I got ribs and st- or steak and ribs every day, right? And you come to my business and I have steak, steak and ribs every single day, but you come and I don't have steak and ribs, I need to change my business model. Now, now you as a customer, you have all the right in the world to not come to my business ever yeah. again. But me as a business owner, I like the customer is always right. Like that's what, what I learned working the Western Hotel. It, what I learned wake, working there uh, as a sophomore, wait, sophomore, no, a junior in college. Uh, one thing I learned by David Espin, who was one of my business mentors, he was like, Jerome, be, become the manager of the moment. And being in the manager of the moment, don't let it, ever let a problem come before you and you don't have a solution to or or go do everything in your power to fix that problem. Because uh, it, it pretty much is like this. Don't ask me a question that you can find the answer to yourself. Right. And as a business owner, don't call me and ask me how to do something. And you... And I'm using the same thing that that you have in order to get the information. Right. Because like all the time, people, you know, how much commercial costs? Google it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. or, or or like like you, how much cost for me to sit down in a, in a lab to do this? Uh, one thousand five hundred dollars. Man, that's 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 a lot. Yeah. Go online and type in cost for studio rental time. That's also like you know, um, 
I had to, I had to uh, <laughs> talk about my little group chat I'm in, but like uh, one of my one of my one of our frat brothers likes to get on me because I spend the most on like going to the barbershop. But he don't see the value. You know what I'm saying? He like, oh that's too much Is for he bald headed? <laughs> He's not, but I'll I will i say this you know, respectfully his 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 line is nowhere near the way my lineup is. I mean you have a very nice lineup. I, I, just I, came I won't from say the barbershop. That. Yeah, you know it's very very but, nice. Very nice. But what I'm saying is the independent of him, I won't say any names, <clears throat> Justin. But um <laughs> What I'm saying is this, we all place value on certain things. It's certain things that we won't cut corners on. I tell mm-hmm. my wife this all the time, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Facts. So if I go to the barbershop across the street, and as soon as I walk in, and I'm like, I can get you, and he charged $15, then I got to live with what he get. But if I go to my man and I got to wait an hour, maybe two hours, and I know I'm going to pay whatever I pay, I know what I'm getting the moment I walk out the facts. door. Facts. Big facts. So again, it's... Sometimes I, I'm saying all this, I don't think people know what they're doing, but it's like, yo, I, I don't mind spending $1,100 for this. You might not because yeah, you know. don't see the value in what you're doing. I know this $1,100 investment or this $1,100 seed I'm placing, the return on it is going to be better is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like for me, as you, you've always known, I never really cared too much about dressing. No, your, your pants are still wrinkled. It's yeah, an undergrad. I love it. I mean, it's, it's not it's wrinkled. Still the same. It, it's just creased. You just got it, them, it's, it's extremely Jerome, creased. Jerome, you just got them shits out the dryer, man. No, I didn't. They were in the closet. Matter of fact, you you <laughs> hang dry, though. <laughs> Probably so. I'm surprised so, you got matching socks on. Yeah, yeah, my wife got these for Christmas. No. But see, but the like, has been the same, bro, all, yeah, all these years. Like, like this shirt, well, this jacket right here, I had this jacket since 2002. You know, it looked familiar. It still smell like new res. Probably so. <laughs> yeah, I had the jacket since 2002. I'm like, but see, like, but at the same time, I buy memory cards every other week. Right. Like, I'm buying, that's what you, that's I'm, I'm buying RAM for computer. Like, I'm like, yo, yo, you say this RAM is how much? Oh, no, snap. Uh, yeah. You like you, you pay for what you pay you pay qual you pay top price for what you want. Yeah. And and a lot of time, what businesses don't realize is, you get the hookup for something. Is not going to be the quality that you want to have for your yeah. business that you love. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I'd rather go to some place and just say, okay, Jerome, this is going to cost five hundred dollars. Now I go around and get some different price quotes. Then I might come to you as a uh, as a black business owner and be like, hey, I need these five hundred menus done right. in a, in two weeks' time. Uh, these are the quotes that I got. Do you think you could uh, beat these quotes? Right. But if not, uh, what what is your thing? Then then go with that. I get it. I mean, I hear exactly what you're saying. I know for for a lot of us. You know, we, you know, depending on where you're from, right? Most city people are trying to bargain, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's natural. It's natural. Right. You try to barter, bargain, whatever the case may be, but it's like quality is quality. You know what I'm saying? Like, and also one thing uh, is quality that goes so unnoticed is time, right? You know what I'm saying? Time is the most expensive thing. Absolutely. Realize it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's prices. So if I say, yo, like I'm going to see you at three, I'm going to see you at three. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to respect that because... That's something that I don't get from you. We we exchange it, but it's not like I'm reaching in my wallet, you reaching in your wallet. But like time is so underrated. So you know look, so I ask my I ask people all, all the time like this: you you have to place a value on your time. So what is an hour hours worth of your time? If somebody if somebody came to you and said, "I need you to do me a favor," which I well, like when people say favors, I'm like, okay, I'm get, I'm giving something for free. Right. But at the same time, if if I would say I would like to pay you for an hour of your time. What is the true hour of your time? You asking me right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm asking you right now. What is it? Tr- 
Like I'm gonna say it depends on who's asking. Nah, it shouldn't depend. You should have a flat rate. And you gotta give a discount. I'm just giving you a real flat rate. It depends. Yeah, it depends because it could be family, like real family, like mom, dad, cousin, or it could be like my coworker that I barely talk to. Like yo, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like, and that's another thing too, right? As as um, I wanted to ask you before we close, it's like you know so much. You know so much. I know a lot, right? So it's like we often think that. When people come to us and like consultations is like, yo, like how do we how do we monetize an hour, mm -hmm. two hours? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, like that's my time. This is my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I I I've went through all these years of messing up money. Now I know I can help you directly. I can cut you right through the middle, man. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, oh, you're gonna charge me for this? You damn right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's funny, it's funny, because I I, I won't take it too much time. But take too much time, but <laughs> you could. but it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because what people do a lot of times is like like I do video editing uh, and like that's not what I like doing. What's your flat rate? Sorry, flat rate. I would say twenty four hundred dollars in an hour. Damn, like like real talk. We got to get him out of here in an hour. I ain't got, <laughs> got twenty four hundred dollars for him. No, no, because it, it's kind of like I know <laughs> I know I can go someplace and write a movie, yeah. and at the time you write the movie, the in the. The time frame would be twenty four hundred dollars. That's what. That's what. Now I don't make twenty four hundred dollars an hour because I right. I would be happy right now. But if I were to actually put a value on my own time, what I consider to be valuable, if you're not coming with twenty four hundred dollars, I'm really doing your favor. But you just said another thing, man. And we can we can go on for this, but it's like, like stop cheapening ourselves to appease this group of people. Like, bro, you could be like your worth is your worth. My value is my value. Nobody puts I your worth but you. I guarantee you, if you say that twenty four hundred dollars with confidence, somebody be like the right person be like, okay, we'll pay you that. Mm -hmm. If you be like, Shh, bro, it's gonna cost you about six hundred. They be like, six hundred? You tripping? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, bro, you know, it's gonna cost you six hundred dollars. Like, if I mean, because I, I me, like you said, I have twenty one years of experience of effing up. I effed up every single thing. Facts. I have some sound lighting. Oh, uh, you know, like I said, I ran for office. I effed that up. Uh, you know, work corporate America, F that up too. So all these F ups cost. And this cost is like, yo, if you want me to tell you how to get your resume looking yeah. right so you can go get a job that makes $80,000 tomorrow, I can do that for you. All right, but then what if somebody say, I ain't got 24, I got 750. So then you give them an abbreviated version of your time? No, no, no it goes back to what you said. It, it kind of it like uh, depends on who it is. Because if somebody's sincere that I've known for years is, like sit down and do the homework and I'm not doing all the work for them. Like, hey, Jerome, can you sit down and talk to me about doing this? Yeah. All right, because I do that all the time now. All the, on the way here, I had about two conversations with people trying to go to Amazon. I was like, hey, let's do this. Uh, this company called Rev.com. Go to them. They can do your caption for you. And about two hours later, you get the words back, put up, upload. There you go. Yeah. Bam. But uh, but it, it's really about putting value on your time. So whatever whatever number that, that is, you should be okay with taking a discount at any given time. You don't have to go tell people like, hey, I'm $2,400 an hour. But you should know in your mind, like if somebody, somebody says, hey, I, I need you to work on this video for me. Okay, how much time is it going to cost? About 10 hours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm already doing too much for other people right yeah. now. And me, like, people got to learn how to say no too. Yeah. Because like, I could work, I could break, because the how passionate I am about stuff, I will break up my back for you. But I know good damn well half the people that I work with wouldn't, wouldn't do the same for me. Right. right. So it's kind of like when they ask for stuff, I'm just like, I, you got to say no. Like, nah, because I know I'm going to put more effort, time, and everything into this more than you would. Yeah. So this becomes my project. And if it becomes my project, I'm not reaping any rewards of it. So you know what? I will give you 30 minutes of consultation just for credit at the end of the movie because I don't want to take anything from you. Yeah. I got two more questions for you, then we out of here. Um, 
you you kind of answered it, but I, I need you to, to answer it again directly. How do you measure success in what you do? Success in what I do is, uh, like, one, I start with small expectations. Don't make the expectations larger than, than you can ever achieve. But success to me is knowing that failure is always going to come. I can make a movie right now that makes $100 million, but then my next movie makes $10 million. I might love that $10 million, but the $100 million is my greatest thing of all time. Right. So success really is like, can you, can you deal with the criticisms that will come along with anything you do? One thing my grandma said, she's 101 years old, and one thing she said, I asked it about 10 years ago when I first interviewed her. I was like, how many times I say you failed? She's like, honey, if I count all my failures, we'd be here all day. You, you can't count your failures. You just put them back in mind and keep moving. Got it. Shout out to grandma, man, one-on-one. Grandma Corrine. How can I support you, man, moving forward? And I, 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 I really mean that because, you know, at the beginning I, I talked about his sister. Shout out to Sarbeth. Um, man, his sister helped me get a job that I felt like changed the trajectory of what I do. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it was, a, it was a piece along the way that I needed that it looks like gold on my resume right now, working at Davidson College. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I feel like I'm still in debt to the Fleming family for that, <laughs> even though it was only like a two-year stint, if that. But, like, man, for a young black man to work at that school and the magnitude in which I did was, 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 was amazing. And she gave me, uh, we had like, uh, what's the spot across from North Lake, your old apartment, the Chinese joint? Uh, P.F. Chang's? P.F. Chang's, man. She gave me whatever I want. But anyway, <laughs> seriously, man, how can I help you? I mean, you know, like, I got support. I got followers. I got this platform. Like, what can I do personally to help you? Well, if, uh, so one thing is I tell people out there, if somebody asks what they can do, always tell the truth. Because a lot of times people probably say, well, I don't need anything. Nah, nah. So what I can, you can do to help me is, one, follow my wife's blog, myforkerlife.com. Because... Spell it. I was never good at spelling M-Y-F-O-R-K-I-N-G, life, L-I-F-E, dot com. Fork in life. Uh, on like her blog and Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, got it. like I said, I work for her. She's my boss. Uh, another thing is... But you wear the pants in the house, though, right? If she wants to wear pants, wrinkle pants. She, if she wants to wear pants too, I don't care. See, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that type of dude. On that. <laughs> I, I don't I'll care. You. Nah, go ahead though. Nah, but uh, other is is really just like I'm, I'm on. Um, I got my website dronefleming.com, and also my Instagram is at Romeo Stockton. And really, like, what I need support is just like I mean, it's just like just when take the time to read something. You know what I'm saying? Because every, every time I talk to somebody. People say, man, um, I didn't know you were doing a movie, but you, you like the Instagram post. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or it's just like, I didn't know you. Like 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 you said at the beginning, I follow you, Lex, because I was about to order one of the, uh, the hockey jerseys, but it didn't have my size. Yeah. But but it's kind of like, so actually do your homework on somebody. Absolutely. Don't, don't be like, man, I, 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 I didn't know you were doing this. I didn't know you were doing this. Yes, you did. You just chose. You like the you, post. Yeah, you, you just chose not to engage with it. Mm. So like not even just me like all all minority businesses like engage with them you know what I'm saying yeah. Be because for example if I go to your post and I leave a comment Instagram's algorithm is going to put that post on more people's thing because it show more interaction like that so if you see a post for anybody and you know this person and be like hey good like I'm 2021 is going to be my big year ever good luck you know what I'm saying Type that on a post, interact with it, and your followers and their followers can interact. Is on the left. Oh, this is my phone telling me my station's on the left. <laughs> but but it, it's kind of like just be organic with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, It's just like, 
because like uh, my cousin Javen, he, he was on Wild and Out, Nick's little brother, King Cannon. He reminds me a lot like you. Did I introduce y'all to? No. You and Javen act just alike. Tell like, him, tell him, call me, man. Y- y'all act, y'all act a lot alike. So it's kind of like what Javen did. What I did for Javen recently, Javen was like, "Hey, I'm working on a project, and I, I need an artist." So uh, I hit my homeboy Ibn up, who's a graphic designer. I was like, "Ibn, Javen needs this the quick." internet thing and they designed the logo online like going back and forth through text messages in about 10 minutes yeah and it's just about that organic interaction with people because sure. I mean, like i said I'm, I'm going to call you again for um because they were read because if you don't mind cursing on the movie i probably need you for a part right. but but like could the guy that read for it, he's like i'm an elder in my church and people might say something and i was like if you get a ten thousand dollar deposit in that collection play i'm pretty sure they won't say nothing but uh, yeah, I can give you a good MF for every now. And then. Hey, 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 hey! But <laughs> technically, the character was based off of you a little bit. Uh oh. <laughs> but, but, but don't get me jammed up out here, Jerome. That's, that's why I asked before I do anything. But uh, it, it's, if, but, if my wife is listening to me, I don't know what I don't know who this Jerome guy is. I'm, and, and my wife, I don't know myself either. <laughs> but but like real talk, really, just organic interaction. No, I, I feel that. I mean, like honestly, bro, like I'm not trying to get like too like. I just felt that in my spirit to like, you know, really ask him, like, how can I help you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because normally I would be like, and I'm going to tell you, like, how can people get in touch with you and all that? And that's great. But no, how can I? You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt, again, like, I genuinely felt like, bro, like, that connection, that, that network and that social capital that you, we exchange, what was that, 2009, 10, 11, when, you know, mm-hmm. your sister asked you, hey, you, your line brother still work at Smith? and. Mm-hmm. And that, the rest is history. And, and I, I, when I went on up 77 to work, but it's like, I'll never forget you guys. I'll never forget her. I'll never forget that, just that connection. You could have easily been like, yeah, he good. He loves Smith. No, you was like, yo, my sister. I'm like, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then we made the connection and it, I got it, a job. Like I said, everything is organic with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Always. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, I, at any given time, everything you have in life can take away from you. Yeah. And, and like I tell... Like not to be morbid or anything, especially in this COVID time. But like when I die, I want the whole world to shut down. I want parades to be from New York to California on the road. And the only way that can happen is you got to do, you got to be real for everybody. So, so it's kind of like the only way you can get to the point where, where when you close your eyes for the following time, you be happy. Is be organic for at sure. all times. For sure, for sure. Well, man, let the people know again how they can get in touch with you, touch with your wife, all that, man. Shout them channels, shout you, them you social media. You say touch my wife. That's kind of disrespectful, bro. In touch. I didn't say touch. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> nah, but um, at myforkinglife.com, myforkinglife.com, the website, uh, dronefleming.com, and at Romeo Stockton. And there it is, man. My boy, my line brother. Blue fight. You know. My LB, man. Birdman. Flying any weather. Any weather. And we out, man. It's another episode of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. The first one in 2021. I love John C. Smith. We love you, Smith, with all our hearts. <laughs>